You know, the morning after Chicago Bulls loss is always interesting uh, because especially if you're on these online communities and interact with other Bulls fans, be it on any social media app or Facebook group or anything like that, um, because there's always overreactions. There's some underreactions. Uh, and it's always interesting to kind of break it down after that fact, after like a, a, a night removed from it and things like that. But anyway, welcome to Chicago Bulls Central, the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll talk about some of the fallout after the uh, Bulls lost to the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, what's going on with Io DeSumo, the Bulls' upcoming uh, two games at home against the New York Knicks. We'll talk about it all and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So the Bulls did lose to the Atlanta Hawks on a wild, just a one in a million almost shot. Um, but as I said on the post game show, the Bulls, you know, if they played a little bit better down the stretch, they could have avoided being in that situation as a whole. But when you look at it and evaluate it, at least for me, I do evaluate on the fact that the Bulls almost won that game. In very many ways, they 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 won the game. You like if you saw the Atlanta Hawks afterwards, they were completely disheartened after uh, the Demar Derozan foul, the three point line. But then they just they uh, AJ Griffin hit a great shot um, uh, in overtime. They really just sealed that with zero point five seconds left is when he took that shot. It's it's bananas uh, when it when it's all said and done. And with that being said, it's just this right. Everything is not going to break your way uh, in, in the NBA. It's just not going to. You're going to get crazy things like this. It was just a crazy finish. And I, for one, enjoyed watching the game as a whole just because of it was just a fun and exciting game completely down the stretch. The whole fourth quarter and overtime were, were unmissable basketball, in my opinion. And as a basketball fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, the thing that I have to separate that from is I'm not just a basketball fan. I'm a Bulls fan and because my team lost. It has a little bit different of a feel to it. And I look at this game and think and see some of the things that the Chicago Bulls did that just were just frustrating in overtime. And key, Zach Levine, two, after the Bulls initially take the lead in overtime, they make the first basket. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks didn't go down to score. And then in the next two following possessions, Zach Levine takes two shots, two three-pointers early in the shot clock. They just hurt the team, right? They just weren't smart basketball decisions. That's a time, especially in overtime, you want to, at the beginning of overtime, you want to try to slow it down. You want to try to penetrate. You want to try uh, to get to the free throw line if you can and get easy buckets at the rim just, just to kind of set that tone. And had those, again, there's nothing guaranteed that even if the Bulls did slow it down and, and run some actual plays on those two possessions, that they walk away with baskets. But with that being said, it is something that you can definitely point to. And while a lot of Bulls fans are also and have been saw it in the postgame show, went right to blaming Billy Donovan on that play call on the last play that the Atlanta Hawks end up taking the game over with. While I understand that absolutely to a degree, I don't want to take away from that. There was some it, it, it was kind of and I said this on the postgame show, what I would have done in a situation like that, considering it's only zero point. Uh, five seconds left. You have the lead. I would have put a completely defensive unit in there with a lot of length that was just able to disrupt. But even then, right, it's woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, theoretically, a different lineup could have gotten a different result. Yeah, but I mean, that's just an a, it's just a, an amazing shot that was hit. And you're not going to see a lot of shots like that in the NBA. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at this game and you kind of really break it down, the thing that the Bulls could have controlled that could have got kept them in this game is the turnovers. That is that is going to be a consistent thing for the Chicago Bulls team. Now, we talked about it over the course of the weekend. I think in both mailbag episodes, we talked about how the Bulls' high turnovers right now are a 
result in a growing pain of them just trying to move the ball around a little bit more. There was also down the stretch of games, DeMar DeRozan, he was cooking. Overtime in late fourth quarter, DeMar, I have no issues with. There were some times where he missed some passes, a couple of players on wide open threes by him isolating when he did. But, I'm, you know, I, again, I can't blame it just on that. This Outside of, I know they're going to be Bulls fans that try to blame the sauce either just on Zach Levine, just on the, the play called on the last second by Billy Donovan, just on DeMar DeRozan and his heavy ball isolation, all that. But at the end of the day, it, none of that really is just the reason why the Chicago Bulls team lost. I do think Patrick Williams, I would have liked to see him in that game a little bit down the stretch. We did lose Ayo DeSumo again uh, in this game. At, he w- did not play at all in the second half. After keeping Trey Young from not hitting a single field goal in that first half, did Ayo DeSumo's defense. And then when you look at Ayo and Alice Crusoe being gone, that point of attack defense with the point guard was completely gone. Kobe White, who played a pretty good defensive game, I will give him that. He was 4 of 12 from the field, but he had an overall positive plus minus of plus 8. He also chipped in 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. Kobe White played a, a pretty solid game. He's still not nearly the on-ball defender that Alex Caruso or Ayo Sumu is. And then when you look at what Trey Young did do, he's never really shot a solid percentage. So even Kobe White did a pretty solid job defensively on Trey Young. He just didn't do the job that Ayo Sumu did in that first half on him. But uh, Trey Young ends up 5 of 8 in this game. But the thing that really killed the Bulls was that 14 assist that he got. And I do think that if Alex Caruso or Ayo Sumu were in this game, his ability to facilitate at that level gets disrupted more. I'm not going to say that he is completely nullified from his ability to facilitate, especially with the way that Clint Capella was just catching lobs and dunking on the Bulls head. But you do have to look at that as well. Like Trey Young was had a positive plus minus of plus seven while shooting not a good field percentage. He was five of 18 and the Bulls, technically did the job that you wanted to see you turn Trey Young into facilitator he took 18 shots to get 19 points that's what you want to do in most cases of that and so yeah losing Io in in the first half of that game sucked and it definitely changed the outlook of that game as well but I do look at Kobe did a pretty solid job defensively himself it just wasn't the job that I to the level that Io DeSumo did um that interior defense could have helped a lot I'm not playing Andre Drummond for real a lot in the second half as well after he was cooking in the first half of this game. Andre Drummond, nine assists, five steals, only one turnover and 14 points, and we didn't have Drummond in there in in crunch time either. So there are a couple things that played into this. We got over 40 points from the bench. That is what you want to see from this bench unit. Um, So, you know, the Bulls did some things, but the story of this game really was the Bulls' inability to guard Bogdanovich. That's really what it is. That that really, when you look at this game, had the Bulls been able to contain him better? And let me say this: it wasn't always the Bulls just playing bad defense on Bogdanovich either. Like it's, it wasn't just that. That it, at times in possessions it was that. But Bogdanovich just got hot from the field, and the confidence grew in him when he hit that over the backboard art shot. Um, he had a three pointer with Zach Levine playing great defense right in his face. Um, a lot of that played parts in this as well. And so, yeah, the Bulls weren't able to take advantage of the Hawks missing two starters. But at the end of the day, like it really took the Hawks to have a, a great balance attack and a last minute shot, a miracle shot, what it will, to beat the Chicago Bulls. And I know some Bulls fans are going to say, well, Hayes, you're looking at it as glass half full. You're trying to trying to be positive about it. But no, I'm just as a basketball fan, I'm just evaluating it for what it was. The Hawks made the plays. I'll give this in the second and third quarters. The Hawks were just the better team. They just were. They were. They were. They were playing with more confidence. They were playing with more energy. The Bulls were flat in this game a lot, um, and so that all played a part definitely in it. When you look at the the quarter breakdown, the Bulls won the first quarter, lost the second quarter by 13 points. 
won the third quarter by one point, won the fourth quarter, and then only lost the OT um, by one point as well. It's really that second quarter, allowing 36 points while you're only scoring 23, that completely killed and hurt the Chicago Bulls in this game. And this is why we talk so much about they need to have that defensive intensity. But I won't say, like, Zach Levine also, the seven turnovers from Zach Levine, some of those were just bad passes. Some of it was the uh, defender knocking the ball and then Zach Levine kicking in and then it going out of bounds. But the seven turnovers is always going to hurt the hurt Zach Levine as well. Like, the thing with this is Zach still played a pretty okay game, right? I'm not going to say it's good. It definitely wasn't terrible. He was 9 of 16 from the field. That's around the percentages you want him to shoot. A one for five from three-point range, that's bad, right? So most of his misses came from the three-point range. Three rebounds, three assists. Seven turnovers from him, four personal fouls, and he chips. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Send 24 points. But Zach Levine and his lack of basketball IQ at times, especially in crunch time of games, it, it just becomes more evident, especially when on top of that, the Bulls aren't playing good defense and the other team is hitting clutch shots themselves. That is something that Zach Levine has to look at, right? It, it has to be. He has to look at it. Um, Nikola Vucevic in this game, uh, he was 6 of 11 from the field. They didn't go to him as much as I would have liked them to go to him in the second half, but again, Clint Capella was all over the court. He was playing good defense. He got 14 rebounds in this game, 15 points. A lot of those points coming on either putbacks or alley-oops. He was 7 of 9 from the field, uh, really hurting the Chicago Bulls in that area. Um, but they just had a balanced attack. When you look at it, four out of the five Atlanta Hawks starters in double digits, and then you have two players off the bench um, uh, with double digits as well for the Atlanta Hawks. The Bulls win the rebounding battle, the 53 to, to 45. So that they won that by a pretty considerable margin. They did have 28 assists on 48 made baskets. They shot the ball 48% overall from the field, 25% from three, which you want to see that be a little bit better. But at, when you look at this game, and I know a lot of Bulls fans with the frustration around the team, and again, I understand your guys' plight in this, right? I understand the frustration around the team that this team, it's a good game followed by a bad game, like all this type of thing. But when you really look at it and break this down, the Bulls did some good things, but they also did some questionable things, and the lack of energy was evident in this game as well. And I, I know some people are going to say the Bulls are on the second game of a back-to-back. They had to travel late after being in Chicago, then traveling to Atlanta. And all that's valid as well. The Bulls, just when it was said and done, did not have enough to get this game uh, to get it done. And, and even then, I kind of have to hesitate to say that because they still almost got it done. DeMar DeRozan almost won the Chicago Bulls this game with those free throws. It took a crazy shot to do it, but I mean, uh, for the Atlanta Hawks to still beat the Bulls, but you know, it kind of is what it is there. Things are not going to break your way all the time. Um, and the Chicago Bulls still, I still think they're in a good position to be over 500 by Christmas or at 500 at least by Christmas. And we're going to talk about that schedule upcoming next. But before we do that, I do want to talk about Io DeSumo and that injury. That injury looked nasty. Uh, they haven't given a timeline. They're calling it an abdominal con contusion. 
Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It looked like he got hit in his nuts. This is Chicago Bulls Central. I can say that. Uh, it looks like he got hit in his nuts. But with that being said, if it is an abdominal uh, uh, contusion, we'll see how long he's going to be out. They, do, they don't play again until Wednesday. So maybe they, those days off, we get Alex Caruso back. We have Javante Green. And if we can look different against the uh, New York Knicks that we play two games against at home. And that is the Bulls' next matchup. We play Wednesday, December 14th at home on ESPN against the New York Knicks. Now, this is a Knicks team that will be missing over Obi Toppin by then, but this is still a team that is not playing great, but they're 14-13. They are over 500, but this is definitely a winnable game for the Chicago Bulls, especially when you consider they're, they're, it's home cooking for us. Now, the New York Knicks are riding a four-game winning streak, and they've won, I think, five out of their last seven, so they're, they're balling right now. Um, they come into Chicago, but the Bulls need to take advantage of this. I get it. Yes, this loss sucks, right? The loss sucks. But let's not take away from the fact that the Bulls can absolutely, they can beat the Knicks. They can definitely play with the Knicks. They're going to have to contain Jalen Brunson, but we'll get into that when we preview that game Wednesday morning. But when you look at the Bulls' upcoming schedule, these next two games against the New York Knicks, I have these marked as must-win games. They're at home. You can get close. You can be, at this point, Two games under 500 if you can win these next two games. And then after that, we have Minnesota, Miami, Atlanta, and New York again all coming up all before Christmas. And then we have the Houston Rockets after Christmas. So I'm looking at this next stretch of the Chicago Bulls. And as I've been saying, and, you know, I try to be honest with this, the Bulls can beat anybody, but they can lose to anybody as well. And that's one of the biggest concerns with this team and why it's kind of hard to predict things and even say that, you know, games that the Bulls should win that they're actually going to win just by the way that things go with this team. But hopefully this team looks at this loss and realizes, hey, we lost this game because of lack of energy. We lost this game because of lack of execution. We lost this game, yeah, because Io went down, Caruso was out, all those type of things. But they just need to execute better is what it boils down to when it comes to the Chicago Bulls team. And this upcoming slate against teams that are all, like the next three games we have, all those teams are missing key pieces of their rotation. The New York Knicks, New York Knicks missing Obi Toppin. We'll see if they end up trading Cam Reddish or whatever else. Then we got the Minnesota Timberwolves who are missing Carl Anthony Towns, which some people may say that they're playing better defense without Carl Anthony Towns being in there. But again, this is an, another game that the Bulls could take advantage of um, as far as win that rebounding battle. Another team that's right at 500. They're two and three in their last three games as well. They have two games before they fa- they have three games left before they face us. So we'll see how that works for them. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's this, right? Yes. The Chicago bulls have been struggling. I don't think anybody is going to dispute that and say that they haven't been, they absolutely have been, but it's still not all over. I know there's some gloom and doom fans and I understand it because the, the, the lack of energy from this team is definitely concerning at times. I do. I don't think that this game was a a lack of heart. It was a lack of energy. Those are very different things for me. Um, but I do want to see them get that back and get back in the win column and just string together a decent winning streak. Like can we can we get a streak of winning seven out of our last ten? Can we get to that point? Because if the Bulls can do that, if they can get on a streak like that, it changes the complete outlook of the season. The Bulls would then move from being out of the playoffs to being possibly the five seed, right? Just a, a win streak like that could change that much for the Chicago Bulls season. But Zach has to execute better down the stretch. This team has to do what they did against the Dallas Mavericks and other teams and play as a team. I understand Io went down and it changed some things, changed some matchups drastically and some rotations drastically for the Chicago Bulls. But the key thing is we see this team has better success when they spread the ball around. I've been saying this for a while. When things get tough for the Chicago Bulls team, they default back to being that heavy isolation team. We have to get away from that. And that is in part on coach Billy Donovan as well. 
Like I said, the blame is to be spread around from a lot of different people, a lot of different facets of this organization when you look at the Bulls' struggles. They have to get this stuff together. And that's just what it boils down to. Now, as far as what happens with um, Io DeSumo, I do hope that he's able to come back. I hope we get Caruso back. I hope we have Javante. He continues to play. Derrick Jones Jr. played a really good game against the Atlanta Hawks as well. He's earned some rotational minutes. But one of the biggest things and questions that we still face, especially in the second quarter, between that sec that, that period of the second quarter to about almost the end of the third quarter where the Bulls needed some energy, I wish that they would have played Dalen Terry. I just really wish. And again, I'm not one of those people that like, like just some Bulls fans that think like the season hinges on Dalen Terry. If your season hinges on a rookie, that's a that's a tough call for a rookie to do. But I really do think that this team has a capability and needs to just be, be get get creative with the rotations. Goon in our voicemail on Sunday said this, right? Can Billy Donovan make the tough decisions? And some of that means you may have to play a rookie instead of a veteran sometimes just to see what he can give you. I know they're trying to build him up, and I do think Daylon Terry is going to be a big part of the Chicago Bulls rotation next season. But it's sometimes when the Bulls need energy, missing Javante, missing Alex Caruso, missing Io DeSumo, you, got, you have a player that's going to play defense, at least even if he's going to get cooked at times, let him go through those growing pains. But he's also a playmaker and a really skilled passer as well. Um, we also got away in this game from using Patrick Williams as a point forward. Now, Patrick Williams didn't play the best in this game in his minutes that he was out there. But again, there's a, like I said, a lot of things with that. On this Monday, coming into this week, it sucks that we're talking about a Bulls loss, but there's still signs for hope for this team. There's also signs for concern, and we'll see which way it goes with this team when it's all said and done. Um, but I do think that this team can get to 500 by Christmas, and let's hope that that is, ends up being the case. But make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red, man. And peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.